Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. This is episode 77 of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and this is the sixth episode in a series about the essential ingredients of well balanced and holistic music lessons. Welcome back, lovely teachers. As I mentioned, this is the sixth episode in a seven-part series about what the essential ingredients are of holistic music lessons, what these different categories are that we need to be including in our music lessons. If you haven't listened to the series so far, please do go back and start from the beginning at episode 72. You can go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash 72 to get access to the first episode and follow along from there. This is the sixth and penultimate episode in this series, and we're going to be exploring our last essential music lesson ingredient, as far as I see it, today, and then next week we're going to be tying it all together and talking about how we can piece the pieces into one beautiful music lesson experience without completely losing our heads as music teachers. So the first five music lesson ingredients that we've covered are ear training, reading, theory, technique, and rhythm. And this last ingredient is one of my favorite ones. It's about the creative work. And I'm not sure about this term, but we don't have a better one in music. So really, anything can be creative. And I truly believe that's true. So I don't think you should relegate your creative work to one segment of the music lesson. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But I do want to encompass improvising and composing in the one banner in this episode today because I think it's important to talk about them together. So to me, improvising is the more essential part of that. Composing is great, but when I talk about including creativity, Really, I'm saying we need to include some type of improvisation rather than we have to include composing. I believe strongly in composing with my students. I love to work on these things. It is a great thing to include, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's essential. Whereas improvisation, I truly do think is essential. That's mainly what I mean when I talk about creative work, but it can manifest itself in various different ways. Before we talk about some of those different ways and the the different parts of the lesson that we can include improvisation in, I want to talk to you about why this matters. The first reason is because this is a natural part of music. So improvisation is not some gimmicky little fad or something that we've taken into our lessons from the jazz tradition. That's not what happened at all. 
what happened with improv is it fell out of our list. And we could talk for ages about why, but let's ignore that. Let's just acknowledge that it did. The classical musicians that we base our lessons on, apparently, were all improvising. Of course they were. They were creating their own music. Music lessons weren't just about reading, and they shouldn't be now. So if we truly want to reach traditional classical music lessons, and I'm not sure many of us really would want that definition, but if we do, it definitely should include improv. And if we don't, of course it should include improvisation as well. Improvisation, creative skills in general, can give students a completely different avenue to explore. I believe in teaching my students great literacy skills, great music reading skills. However, that is not going to be the best avenue for everyone to explore music for the rest of their life. For some it will. For me it is. I love sight reading. I love reading through stuff. But that's not for everyone. If we open up our students to improvisation, we make it so much more likely that they're going to have a style of music making that's going to work for them in the rest of their life, that's going to make them into a lifelong musician. And it's not fair of us to close off that avenue to them and only teach reading if it's not going to suit every student, because it's not necessarily. Improvisation may end up being better for some of them. Now, that doesn't mean that for the ones it doesn't particularly suit that we should ignore it either. We don't do that with reading in general, unless there's some significant learning difficulty that makes reading just takes it off the table. But just because a student isn't a natural improviser or doesn't gravitate towards this stuff doesn't mean we shouldn't do it with them. To a certain extent, I'm not going to push any student into doing loads of improvising when they're just not comfortable with it and definitely not into one particular category or style of improvisation. But for students who are a little bit perfectionist in their tendency, I actually think improv can be really great for them too. Generally in life, if I may be so grand. By learning to improvise and to create your own music in whatever way, or to adapt music to your own style, you're learning that there isn't one right answer when it comes to music. Because there isn't. And as much as we can say that, really experiencing it is a whole other thing and it's great for curing or just working with students who are perfectionists. Improvisation can also teach you a huge amount of stuff. In fact, it can help to teach all of the other essential ingredients that we've talked about so far. By improvising, you can learn a great deal about theory, music theory and how it functions. You can then apply that to your reading work and to your reading of rhythms, and understanding rhythm patterns, and to feeling the beat, and all of that stuff that we talked about in the last episode. Improvisation can also help you to explore technique in a different way. By improvising with things, by taking away the page in front of you, you're able to explore the way you use your body in a different way that you just can't do when you're concentrating on reading, especially if the reading is challenging, right? So if you get your students to improvise, that gives you a great opportunity to talk about some of these technique things that we have to talk about with them and to allow them to explore those things in the context of the sound they're making. And it's all about the sound. That's why we do certain techniques certain ways. That's why we play the way we do. It's about creating the right sounds and not hurting ourselves when it boils down to it, right? So if they're improvising, they have this opportunity to explore those movements 
without concentrating on a whole bunch of other stuff at the same time. Improvisation is also fantastically fabulous for developing students' ears. I don't know if you've ever had a student like this, I'm sure you have, where they seem to start playing and they press an off switch on their ears as soon as they start playing a piece. And they they get to the end and they have no idea what they played or how they played it, basically. I mean, they kind of think they played it, but they don't really know. If you start probing, you'll realise that they weren't listening to themselves properly. With improv, it's all about the sound. They've got nothing else, right? They can only listen to themselves and what they're creating. And it helps them to focus on creating those active listening skills and refining what kind of sounds they like to make and how they produce those again with their bodies. So there are all sorts of fantastic reasons to include creative work or improvisation in your lessons. But what does it mean to teach improvisation? Because I feel like in a lot of circles it's become too narrow in terms of what we're talking about here. There are great resources out there. You can be exploring improvisation through teaching jazz piano and elements of that, or you can be exploring improvisation patterns and prompts such as those offered by the wonderful books by Forrest Kinney. But improvisation shouldn't just be about that. It doesn't have to be this specific part of the lesson where you're focusing on improvising. And for some students, that's great, and I love including those things. And especially for students who start with me right from the beginning, they love that too. But that's not for every student, and it's not all there is to being creative at the piano. Being creative and improvising can also include just putting your own stamp on pieces. That's creative too. If students are adding their own expression, deciding things about their pieces, making those creative decisions, that is also creative. What is not creative is if you make all those decisions for them every single time. And that's something we want to avoid. But if they are putting their own identity on pieces, but they hate it when the music is not in front of them, and they've explored it a bit, but, you know, it's just not for them, that's fine. They can still be creative. They can still be creative with music in front of them. They can just put their own little flares and touches onto it. They can insert a special improv section in the middle. Or they can change the way a certain bit sounds, or they can change the octave, you know, at a simple level. They can just be changing the octave of certain sections to add a bit more variety. Or maybe inserting a whole B section into the middle of a piece, right? So when I talk about improvisation or creative work, I don't want you to be limiting it to thinking that you have to include the improvisation prompts from Forrest Kinney as fabulous as they are. I want you to think about this more broadly and think about injecting creativity into other work you're doing with your students so that they know that music is not about prescriptions that we have to produce exactly as written, but that it's about a process where they can explore music and make their own sounds and decide what kind of music they want to produce. The main goal of this is for students to understand that on some level, in some way, They can create music too. That's my main goal here. Music is not for other people only to create. Music is for them to create too. From scratch or from things that they're given, from elements that they're given. They can create the music too. They can get onto the surface. They can explore music in this way. 
Okay, I hope you've enjoyed this series so far. We're going to talk about tying all this stuff together and fitting it all into a lesson, no matter how long or short your lessons are, next week. So I hope you'll come back for that. Uh, we're calling it a beautiful music lesson lasagna. So if, you want, if you're intrigued by the idea of music lesson lasagna and you want to learn how to fit this, these things together and make your lessons make sense, and reduce some of your overwhelm. I hope you'll come back for that. That's going to be episode 78. And in the meantime, get out there and get creative with your students. I promise you won't regret it. If you want help teaching all this creative stuff, then the Vibrant Music Teaching Library is the place to be. Become a member today and you'll get access to tons of great courses and printable resources that help you teach improvisation, composition, or inject creativity into all the different elements of your lessons. Sign up today at vmt.ninja and give it a try. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.